0: My name's Pastor Jessica. I'm the outreach pastor here at Hillcrest, and I get to oversee some of those local things that Mindy and Dusty were talking about that we give to here, um, here locally. So let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for today, and we just acknowledge, however, we're coming in here today, that you are Lord, that your love endures forever. And so we pray that you would help us to join our hearts in worship. Amen. Can I confess something to you guys today? Okay. It's a little difficult to say, especially this time of year, but I know this is a judgment-free zone. Can I get an amen? Judgment-free zone. So I'm just going to come out and say it. I don't like Christmas. Whew, feels good to get that off my chest. You know, it's a little bit embarrassing being a pastor who doesn't like Christmas, you now it's kind of a big deal in the church. Christmas, with Jesus being born and everything, I struggle at Christmas more than any other time of year because I feel like how love is expressed is dictated to me. And it's a, it feels kind of dissonant to me. The first week, Nate talked about dissonance, first week of Advent, And we've been talking about musical terms as we've looked at these messianic psalms. The musical term dissonance is defined as a tension or clash resulting from the combination of two disharmonious or unsuitable elements. Let me give you some examples. During December, we're told love looks like finding the perfect gift for someone, to express that you're actually paying attention to them and have spent a lot of money to show them that you love them. A dissonant way to say that is that we go into debt hoping the gift we give someone will repair our broken relationship. We curate special experiences for our children in matching Christmas jammies with homemade cookies. We made some homemade cookies last night. There was sprinkles everywhere in my kitchen. A dissonant way to say this is that moms and women overcommit and overtax ourselves because we want to feel like we're doing a good job as a mom even though our kids hate the Christmas jammies. Even though somebody spilled hot cocoa in the van when we're out looking at lights. Don't you kids know this is supposed to be a special, magical experience? I mean, who among us hasn't experienced a fit losing a Barbie shoe or having cocoa spilled in the van? We have joy well up in our hearts because of the precious birth of Jesus. And it's a time that's commemorated in those darling nativity scenes many of which I have around my own home. A dissonant way to say this is that we enjoy looking at picture-perfect nativity scenes because they make us feel more comfortable than displays of Mary and Joseph surrounded by piles of animal dung with Joseph's bloody hands trying to figure out how to deliver his baby while being confused and alone because they were ostracized in a culture known for hospitality. This is not exactly Hallmark movie fodder. And I'm not trying to be a Scrooge here. Maybe you like muttered an amen under your breath when I said, I don't like Christmas. And again, judgment-free zone, so if that's you, you you can say an amen today, that's okay. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but I just, I feel like one of my responsibilities as a preacher is to tell the truth. And sometimes it's hard to tell the truth. Sometimes it's hard to look at dissonance. But we see it even expressed in the carols that we sing at Christmas. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. We watched... It's a Wonderful Life, last night. George Bailey felt like a worthless soul. Maybe you have at different times, too. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Anybody just tired during the month of December? You can mutter an amen to that if you want. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. Hark! The herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. I love that the psalms and carols acknowledge the dissonance of faith. And the psalm we're looking at today, Psalm 118, you can pull that up on your QR code or actually grab a physical Bible, which is on the seat in front of you. Psalm 118 looks at some of these musical elements we've been talking about this month dissonance, crescendo, and today we're going to explore rhythm, the rhythm of God's love. Psalm 118 has a a cadence, or a rhythm on its own. And it begins with these verses. His love endures forever. The line is repeated. His love endures forever. It's an antiphonal psalm, which means it's meant to be read in community, in a call and response way. And it would have been read for Passover or other feasts. And it begins and ends with these words, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. I'd actually like us to stand up and recite a portion of this psalm. You can go ahead and stand. This readings from the Covenant Book of Worship. Our denomination, the Evangelical Covenant, was founded by Swedish immigrants in the 1800s. And this book provided a way to have unified language and prayers for churches across the country. So we're going to recite this together, and you'll read the bolded portions on the screen. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Open for me the gates of righteousness. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Oh, I'm sorry, I read the wrong thing. The stone the builders reject, the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the day the Lord has made. Thanks, you guys can go ahead and sit down. Psalm 118 sets us up with the rhythm of saying in community, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. The psalmist then goes on to express the painful, difficult realities he's experiencing. In verses 5 through 10, the author highlights his struggles. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He has brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can human beings do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look on triumph on my enemies. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in human beings. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All of the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. Let me note that you don't typically say something like, I will not be afraid unless you're afraid. We don't usually go around during our days of sending emails or changing diapers or grocery shopping, muttering to ourselves, I will not be afraid. Unless you're in the Costco parking lot on a Saturday, I mutter to myself very much, I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. The Lord is with me. Maybe you felt hard pressed or you've been harmed by people who claim to have loved you a boss, authority figure, a pastor who you trusted that made choices that were damaging or even evil towards you. You experience systemic racism or sexism or ageism when you're just trying to live life and get a cup of coffee. We often find ourselves in hard places we never thought we'd be in. And this is one of the reasons I love the Psalms. When I'm depressed, I go to the Psalms. It doesn't sugarcoat anything. It acknowledges that Many different emotions and situations can be true at the same time. We can acknowledge my enemies swarmed around me like bees and give thanks to the Lord for he is good. That's never going to go on a coffee mug that anyone's going to sell. My enemies swarmed around me like bees. We see a crescendo in this psalm. And in all the messianic psalms we've been exploring together this month, we see the crescendo of history. The high point has already come in the person of Jesus. Verse 22 says, The stone the builders have rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The crescendo, the high point of Jesus coming to earth as a baby, fully God and fully human, living to demonstrate how to love like God. The crescendo of his horrific death on the cross to heal us of our sins and provide a way for us to experience life on earth and into eternity through the Holy Spirit. The crescendo is that we can live with thankful joyful hearts because of the power of the holy spirit this is not a try harder faith this is not a grit your feet grit your teeth and try to do more or do better this is a surrender god i need you kind of faith each day regardless of what's happening in our lives or our world the spirit can heal us and guide us how to join god in his work to bring His kingdom of heaven here on earth, bringing heaven to earth. This is why the psalmist can say, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He's become my salvation. In scripture, we see God's forever love. That's conquered death, triumphs over evil, yet still mourns. Because love doesn't ignore sin or brokenness. There's a rhythm, a pattern in this psalm acknowledging God is Lord. And Lord is another word for leader. The leader is the one you follow, the one you look to and listen for. The rhythm we see in Psalm 118 and in all of the scripture is that the Lord is the source of love that endures forever. My son, Ruben, who was here earlier, he has long, curly hair. Some of you might have seen him around. He's been in the Shawnee Mission South marching band for the past three years uh, playing trombone. And here's my proud mom picture. Any band people? Okay. So you can picture that. As a mom, I have loved getting to see my kid push through difficult practices on hot August mornings on the football field. It's been amazing to me to see him do complicated footwork and seamlessly move together on the field while playing beautiful music. The students who lead the band, do you guys know what they're called? Band leaders? There's another word for it. Drum majors. They're called drum majors. Student student conductors are called drum majors. They're the ones who help to keep the band on track, and during the season, they've got special uniforms, they've got cool boots, they stand on platforms, they've got special plumes, and they can be seen by everybody. I asked Ruben, with so much synchronized movement and people playing all their individual instruments, it seems difficult to me how they could make their steps, play their notes, and keep their eyes on the drum major. How do you do that? I asked him. I was never in band. He responded, Practice. You learn to keep your eyes on the drum major. Out in the mouth of babes, right? Or teenagers. Our teenagers have things to teach us. Later in scripture, Paul talks about what it means to move together through the love of God. And he quotes Psalm 118 in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord, And in him, you too, you too, Hillcrest, here in the building and online, you're being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Just like in the marching band, we each have our individual parts and instruments and roles to move. Yet as we move together to the beat, God builds us together through his Holy Spirit His everlasting love gets expressed through us individually and collectively. As the cornerstone of our community and our faith, the Holy Spirit builds us together to become a dwelling place for the Lord. Recently, I went to the U.S.-Mexico border with Ashley and Laura from our congregation. They were here in first service, and I called them out unexpectedly, which totally embarrassed them. They're not here to be embarrassed, so I can talk about it as much as I want. We joined the Love, Mercy, Do Justice Department from the Evangelical Covenant Church to explore what the Bible says about immigration and refugees a lot, and to experience the dissonance of horrific and hopeful stories, to wrestle with how to respond to painful, complex realities. This is a picture of us uh, at the wall on the Mexico side. Later in the new year, we're gonna share about our trip and ways you can respond here in Kansas City. And if you don't have lunch plans, we're actually meeting with one of our local partners from Mission Adelante, who's starting a refugee resettlement program this January. I bought tons of lasagna if you want to come. One of the stories we heard for from was uh, from a man named Hector, a deported veteran. We learned that during wartime, the military will take anyone who will fight regardless of their citizenship status. And This is a picture of Hector on Veterans Day with the president and um, senators. There's not a guarantee of citizenship for veterans. And Hector, like many vets, experienced PTSD when he came home and turned to drugs and alcohol. He ended up getting in a fight, being arrested, and was deported. Hector was deported for 14 years, unable to see his daughter grow up or to be with his family. Despite the pain that Hector has endured, he's been able to say, I will not die but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. The next picture is one of him with our group that went to the border together. Hector was eventually able to gain citizenship and came back to the U.S., empowered to begin working on behalf of other deported veterans. He's provided a place for them to live in his tiny apartment. He's worked with non-government agencies who are working to create immigration pathways for veterans. Hector was really clear with us that he's still struggling. One moment he was talking about breakfast with the president. The next he was crying, saying, I'm sober today, but I don't know if I will be next week. It's by the grace of God I move forward. Hector continues to march forward to the heartbeat we see in Scripture. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Some of the rhythms we practice to live out God's love are found in Scripture. We meet regularly on a Sunday morning here at Hillcrest Covenant, online, in person, It's a rhythm we have weekly. Some of us meet in small groups, or we meet regularly to serve and care for our community. Because it's easier to do it together, it's more fun, and it helps us keep our eyes focused on Jesus as the leader when we do it together. When we meet together, we acknowledge that Jesus is the one who aligns us with the beat of God's heart to share his enduring forever love in a weary, broken world. Even though I struggle with Christmas, I can get into the rhythm of Advent. I really, really like Advent a lot because it's the season of waiting. It's a season of contrast between light, and dark. We have a rhythm of lighting candles each week that help us focus on specific parts of how God expresses himself to us. Hope. Peace. Joy. Love. We meet in community because sometimes it is just too painful to say, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. God's built us together as his followers, a dwelling place where we get to be carried by the love and faith of others. When life becomes too dark or overwhelming, we get to welcome others in to say, the Lord is God and he's made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. We don't normally say things like that to each other. Join the festal procession with bows up to the horns of the altar. The Bible commentary I read about this passage says this verse, another way to say it is come share. Share in the feast that rests on the divine work of salvation. Today, we can celebrate the Lord is God his light shines upon us that Christmas feeling that's talked about in songs or movies that's an echo of God's enduring love when we grieve because our families don't want to be together on Christmas give thanks for friends who have become like family His love endures forever. When we're so burned out that it's difficult to enjoy the festivities, take a nap. You're going to be a nicer person. The world doesn't rest on your shoulders. His love endures forever. When we feel ashamed that we can't afford the perfect Christmas gift, Be grateful and know that simple expressions of love can be profound. His love endures forever. When you're angered by systematic injustice, find one small thing and pray that the Holy Spirit would show you how to make a difference in your community. His love endures forever. The worship team is going to come forward shortly and lead us in one last song. In the midst of what's happening in our lives, our families, and in the world, we can choose to follow Jesus as our leader and our Lord and say, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let me pray. We look to you, Jesus. We ask you today that you would fill our hearts with your enduring, eternal, forever love. Thank you. Thank you for being present with us today. Amen. What a gift to worship together today. I'd like you to stand as I give you the benediction. And I'm going to do something a little outside of my comfort zone. Every day when I drop my kids off at school, I sing a benediction over them. I'm going to sing. It's not going to sound anything close to that. I'll just warn you. There's a reason I write and speak instead of sing. But there's a reason songs and rhythms help us, because it helps us remember things. It stays with us. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you, wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go today with the love and peace of Jesus. Amen.